thanks so much for tuning in to NL Newsday. It's Wednesday. It's September the 29th. And yesterday was a meeting for Kamloops City Council. So as usual, post-council day, pleased to welcome to the program the mayor of Kamloops, Mr. Ken Christian. Mr. Mayor, how are you doing here today? Oh, very good. Thank you, Jeff. Well, appreciate you taking some time. So first thing I did want to get to, because it is sort of, uh, I don't want to call it breaking news, but we did get the overdose numbers again. And, you know, you and I kind of talk about this even briefly on a monthly basis. But uh, the BC Coroner's Service reporting 184 people losing their lives to a fatal drug overdose in the month of July. In Kamloops, it looks like there were another three that month. And we have now seen 35 suspected fatal overdoses through the first seven months here in 2021 in Kamloops. Um, I guess, you know, first and foremost, I mean, uh, I'll just get your official initial reaction to those numbers because, you know, I think it's the same as it is every month, right? It's just un unfortunate to see and really heartbreaking that uh, we continue to have to deal with these types of numbers on a monthly basis. Yeah, you know, it, it's it just uh, becomes almost a monthly event, and, and uh, it's something that's going in the wrong direction, uh, both uh, here in Kamloops and in British Columbia. The drug supply is contaminated, and, uh, you know, it's unpredictable. Uh, and so uh, the message to those who use is uh, never use alone, and uh, that will help us at least save some lives. Uh, but uh, ultimately, we look for uh, decriminalization of personal possession of opioids as well as uh, the provision of a safe supply for those who are addicted. One reason I, I did want to bring this up as well, aside from the numbers coming out from the coroner service today, was there was a lot of discussion that was had last week on this issue. We touched briefly on it on Wednesday of last week when we spoke, but uh, one thing I, I didn't get to was... There was a brief exchange that kind of occurred between yourself and Councillor Dennis Walsh. He brought forward this idea of sort of having what I like to call sort of a resort, I suppose, out in the Rayleigh area where you could put housing for our, our uh, you know, homeless or housing challenged individuals, um, have services available on site to deal with addiction, that kind of a thing. You called this a utopian idea. I mean, to me, it sounded like a good idea, even if it might be a bit of a pipe dream, which is probably true. But I'm just curious why you think something like that would potentially not work for a city like Kamloops. Yeah, you know, I think his notion was there would be fishing and sporting events. Uh, you know, this population have complex mental health and addictions needs. Uh, this is not, you know, looking for respite. Uh, and so the solution uh, for them is going to be very multifaceted. It's going to involve a lot of, uh, uh, you know, input from the health authority in particular uh, to kind of wrestle with some of their demons. And, uh, you know, to suggest that we could confine people uh, in a in a facility like that, uh, really because of uh, a, a addiction issue, is uh, unrealistic from a civil libertarian perspective, as well as just from a, a plain public health perspective. So uh, just just one more point on that. I mean, is there because right now we see services available, right? They're they're here in the city. They're they're open for having clients come in like like with those that we see throughout downtown if you're walking around downtown and you you see people on the street and they could probably use some some counseling or you know it all depends obviously specific to their situation but there's services that are available are not necessarily in a convenient location uh, the only reason i look at something like this is saying if we had a whole bunch of these types of services available in one building that might make it easier to help people but you know that's just sometimes can be a little bit complicated if they have to go from one area of the city to another area of the city in order to get the services they require 
Yeah, exactly, uh, Jeff. And, you know, I think this is why I've been working with IHA in terms of the consolidation of uh, some of their services, and I think they're on the verge of an announcement with respect to that. Okay. Uh, but we, we do have to, you know, uh, make it uh, convenient, but we also have to recognize that uh, these individuals, uh, you know, have civil liberties, and, and uh, many of them choose not to get treatment. Mm-hmm. They prefer uh, their addicted way. And uh, so, you know, I think uh, there is a role for, for facilities. I, I've been advocating for complex care facilities, particularly for those yeah. with uh, chronic mental illness uh, who are really uh, in need of protective care for their cell, for themselves, you know. But, uh, you know, beyond that, just to do a roundup of uh, homeless people is, yeah. is uh, you know, not, not in the cards. Fair enough. All right. Uh, I appreciate all your comments on that. I just wanted to hear a little bit more. I, I did want to get into the public meeting here last night. Um, I'll still be honest, though. I don't quite understand Bylaw 55, but I know that was a big thing that was on the table yesterday uh, for the public to speak to. Uh, just first and foremost, what was participation like from the public? Did you see a lot of people come out to talk to this issue last night? There were about uh, 10 in the gallery and about another 10 online, so 20 individuals. Uh, and, and, you know, it was a big, uh, you know, change in our zoning bylaw, and uh, I, I described it as an omnibus kind of bill uh, that really touched on a lot of elements of uh, zoning and planning in, in uh, Kamloops. Uh, but uh, there were two uh, touch point issues. Uh, one was the use of containers, uh, and we're seeing that uh, more and more uh, in uh, particularly industrial and commercial applications. Uh, and uh, the other one was the issue related to a, a historical artifact, and that was the convention center idea that was touted in, I believe, 2008 uh, in and around the Sandman Center. So uh, those were the two issues that, uh, you know, seemed to have uh, garnered the interest of the public that did attend. All right. Perfect. Well, we'll uh, definitely follow up with that. I know there's some uh, Dennis Walsh is going to be on the program here later today for the town hall, so I'm going to get into that a little bit more with him as well. I did want to ask you about some grant funding stuff. Uh, the first one was in regards to the pilot program for the patios in the uh, the city of Kamloops, you know, mostly downtown, some up on the North Shore. Bright Eye Brewing, I believe, is the one that was continually referred to when talking about the North Shore. Uh, these are going to be staying in place over the course of the winter, and, you know, based on the finances that I was able to look up, makes a whole lot of sense to keep them in place over the course of the winter actually saves the city a bunch of money as opposed to setting them up and taking them down on an annual basis. This is still technically a pilot program right now. Um, I guess first and foremost, would you uh, be in favor of seeing this become a permanent program? And also, if so, uh, I believe this is currently funded through the COVID-19 relief dollars. That's obviously not something that's going to be there forever. So do you see this being a permanent program? And if so, I guess how could it potentially be paid for? Well, you know, I think that's exactly uh, why we're doing a pilot. Uh, you know, there are a couple of issues with these. Uh, you know, in, in some warmer climes uh, like Vancouver, they have opted to use them year-round, and I think, uh, save for rain, uh, they're probably quite usable uh, year-round. But uh, in Kamloops, uh, with the snow and ice, uh, that does present some different challenges. So uh, I think what Council wanted to see yesterday was, uh, you know, what uh, was uh, the 
response of the uh, businesses that have patios? What was the response of businesses that don't have them and, and how are they impacted? And uh, what was uh, the potential for them to be used through the winter? Uh, and there are a few complicating factors. Uh, one was uh, the maintenance of the sidewalk extension and, and that will fall to the uh, property owner uh, where they're adjacent to. Uh, the slipperiness of uh, the brick compound there, they weren't really designed for winter use, so we'll see how that works out. But the other big one is going to be uh, the issue related to snow removal, and uh, that's something Vancouver doesn't usually have to deal with, and we do. So we're going to see uh, you know, what kind of either special equipment we're going to need and, and uh, what kind of... Uh, 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 efforts we have to put into maintaining uh, the streets because of these intrusions into our plow zones. So that's going to be uh, something that we're going to watch. And also watching uh, the fact that there's uh, 43 fewer parking spaces downtown yeah. now, and there's always been a concern about parking downtown. So uh, whether that impacts uh, particularly those businesses that rely on people coming uh, fairly close to their business to uh, uh, get goods and services uh, uh, is is going to be something that we'll want to watch over the long term. So, you know, we'll take a look at that. And, uh, you know, uh, next summer, hopefully we're past COVID and we can have a very vibrant patio season. And uh, we'll look at it again in the fall of 2022. Yeah, I certainly hope we're looking at a very vibrant summer 2022. <laughs> um, well, well, speaking of grants, I have a couple more questions here for you, Ken, before I let you go. Uh, just the skating rink at Riverside Park. Uh, yes, it is absolutely nice to have. I would like to see it. Definitely not a necessarily a priority project right now for Kamloops, but it would, I think, be really nice to see uh, in Riverside Park. But that being said, the city has now been denied grant funding for this project twice. Um, just curious if do you think there's any particular reasons why this uh, project doesn't seem to be getting approval from upper levels of government at this time? You know, you know, I, I think it's a great project. Uh, I think the people that have been advocating for it have uh, put uh, great rationale and great business cases forward. Uh, but I, I believe these grant programs are just oversubscribed. So there's nothing really wrong with our uh, application. It's just that uh, there are many, many applications. So in light of that, uh, council decided that we should, uh, you know, retreat a bit and, and take an asset management approach to uh, repairing and replacing the washroom facility that's there and, and quite aged and also uh, updating our spray park and so we will do that uh, with the potential in mind that should a grant come in uh, we're going to be able to quickly uh, uh, pivot and and put the in the skating rink but uh, right for now uh, council didn't uh, see that extra two and a half million as being uh, something the taxpayer can really afford in a year where we're anticipating a significant tax increase uh, coming forward. So I, I think uh, some of the comments, and, and you mentioned Councillor Walsh, uh, you know, uh, he uh, brought forward the notion that we do have a supplemental uh, budget uh, session coming up, and uh, he would like to uh, compare all of the projects that are asking for supplemental funding against each other so we can decide which would go forward and, and which might have to be postponed. So uh, we do have to consider, uh, you know, the impact of uh, uh, the police contract in particular, as well as just general inflation as we uh, go into 2022. And we have to really work to uh, keep Kamloops affordable. 
lot to unpack there. We'll save that conversation for another day, Ken. Uh, last thing, though, because tomorrow is the first National Day of Truth and Reconciliation here in Canada, um, just what uh, what do you think is, is the significance of this, particularly as it is the first one? And I guess what are you yourself planning to do to mark the occasion? Yeah, well, I, I'm sporting my orange shirt uh, today because we will be closed uh, in city operations tomorrow except uh, for our uh, uh, garbage pickup, and we couldn't adjust our schedule uh, mid-year for that. So uh, most of our facilities, uh, you know, that are forward-facing will be closed. Uh, and it's it's a day of reflection. I, I think, you know, this being the first one and it coming at a time during COVID where we really can't have gatherings, it's going to be a bit more introspective uh, than, uh, you know, a, a day where we would have an event uh, that would be uh, something to rec- recognize truth and reconciliation with our Indigenous uh, neighbours. So, uh, you know, working with... Uh, Kukpi Razan Kazmir and her council. Uh, we have uh, a number of uh, online events. Uh, we have uh, the Orange Shirt Day uh, presentation, uh, the drumming presentation, and I think just for the citizens of Kamloops uh, to take time tomorrow to uh, just assess the impact of uh, the discovery at the Kamloops Indian Residential School and, uh, you know, how, how that is affecting our neighbors and, and uh, you know, uh, how that might impact us as citizens of Kamloops and and how we can do better. Mr. Mayor, thank you so much for the time as always. Enjoy the rest of your day and we'll we'll do this again soon. Thank you very much for the opportunity, Jeff. Always, always happy to give you the opportunity. That is Kamloops Mayor Ken Christian.